Hey, hey, have you seen the movie Back to the Future yet? All of our office mates are talking about it and I really hate them because they are starting to say spoilers and you know I hate spoilers. No, I haven't seen it too. We should go watch it in the cinema ASAP. Alright, alright, let's do it tonight. Uh, let's watch it at Robinson's Galleria. What? No, not Robinson's. It's dangerous there. Huh? Why? Did someone get robbed there? No, a half-man, half-snake monster lives under the mall and it's women that he captures with trapdoors. He even almost ate Alice Dixon. Huh? The actress? Yes. Luckily, she escaped. Wait, if such a monster really exists, why isn't Robinson's management getting rid of it? Well, duh, he is the son of Robinson's small founder, John Gokongwei. The creature is a snake twin of Robina, and this snake is actually the source of the Gokongwei family wealth. He laid golden eggs. everyone, welcome to the 51st episode of Banana Key Podcast. Today we will be talking about popular conspiracy theories like the one about the snake that almost got Alice Dixon. <laughs> yes, that was actually something that a lot of people believed in the 80s and 90s apparently. The story was so persistent that the company's president addressed it in a speech in the University of the Philippines in 2008. She said, I have no idea who started this incredible story. But I have to tell you that some people believed it and even started staring at my legs to see if there were any signs of snake skin. <laughs> a few people still ask me about it and I have to tell them na naging handbag na po sa department store. <laughs> so handbags from Robinson's Galleria are from snakes. <laughs> well, conspiracies are actually very popular and, and do you know why? Yeah, I don't actually know. Yeah, that is a good question. Why? Why is that? Yeah, uh, but first, let's let's define what a conspiracy theory is. And the definition is it's an explanation for events that relies on the assertion that powerful people are dishonestly manipulating society. So in your example, it's the Gokongwei family <laughs> manipulating or twisting the information. They're not divulging that there's a snake shapeshifter <laughs> inside in one of their malls. So why why do we like or why do people have that tendency to latch onto conspiracy theories? And according to an article in National Geographic, mm -hmm. there's an allure to conspiracies because it helps us make sense of this chaotic world. And according to this article, people like us, we use cognitive shortcuts. We largely unconsciously create rules of thumb in making decisions to determine what we should believe. So say, for example, at home, you have a smart uncle. He's the uncle who you will always ask for help when you have an assignment or homework at school. And then one night, your smart uncle would tell you, maybe he's drunk, and he tells you that, did you know that it wasn't Tapulapu who killed Magellan? Magellan was actually poisoned by an arrow shot by a local archer named Archie. Oh, really? <laughs> okay. How would you process that information, right? Like, it must be true. It came from your uncle who gives you answers <laughs> for your homework. So ah. you, you would have the tendency to believe in that story. And maybe the following morning in school, you would tell your classmates, hey, did you know that it wasn't Lopulopo <laughs> killed Magellan? So you, you would have that propensity or you would actually believe without looking for any contrary information, right? Because... 
that information is readily available and you know the source. And try to imagine right now, we don't rely on our smart uncles anymore. We just use the internet to look for answers. Yeah, we rely on our smartphone instead. Yes, smartphone. And it's now very difficult to distinguish which one's true and which ones are misinformation. Yeah, that is true. That's why conspiracy theories are around despite the fact that we have a lot of information through the internet it's, it's still really hard to distinguish which ones are true and which ones are really just fabrications of smart uncles out there yeah i guess you're right and i think it's also made it harder that we have social media which i think we mentioned in one of our episodes right you tend to have an echo chamber if you're on facebook and then the algorithm of facebook only ah, shows you yes. the things that echoes your beliefs because they, yes. they feel like, okay, you are not going to be interested in other theories. You only just click on this link so that it will just continue to push this other information on you. And it only makes you believe in your belief yes. even more, even though it's not true. And Facebook now introduces you to people who also have the same belief. Mm -hmm. And so it further enforces you that, oh, I know this person. He also has the same thinking. We have the same theories. And so it must be true. Yep. And that's very dangerous. Yeah, it is. So why don't we talk about popular conspiracy theories? Yes. Today, we're going to discuss some famous conspiracy theories globally. And then we will also find an equivalent in the Philippine setting. Or we will force it to be related. <laughs> <laughs> we try and make sure it's related. <laughs> so our first one is the moon landing hoax. In 1980, the Flat Earth Society accused NASA of faking the landings, arguing that they were staged by Hollywood with Walt Disney sponsorship based on a script by Arthur C. Clarke and directed by Stanley Kubrick. So the conspiracy theorists claim that NASA faked the landings to avoid humiliation and to ensure that it continued to get funding. But Vince Calder and Andrew Johnson's scientists from Argonne National Laboratory have given detailed answers to conspiracists' claims on the laboratory's website. They show that NASA's portrayal of the moon landing is fundamentally accurate, allowing for such common mistakes as mislabeled photos and imperfect personal recollections. There was actually an episode dedicated in Mythbusters as well. And the conclusion was we, we did actually land on the moon. That's good to know, yes. Anyway, it's tough to find a Philippine counterpart to this hoax because we haven't really <laughs> accomplished something that is quite that high in caliber, right? But I guess I'll just say that the closest thing would be something that actually happened, which is accused of being man-made. And that mm. would be Typhoon Yolanda. <laughs> well, I suppose it's a good parallel because uh -huh. the moon landing was done by NASA uh -huh. and typhoons in the Philippines are done by Pagasa. Ah. <laughs> They're the ones studying typhoons. But what? Yolanda was man-made? Supposedly. How? So according to a video that spread online, Typhoon Yolanda was man-made. So Michael Janich, a vlogger who goes by Dutch Cincy, claimed that the typhoon was created using a technology that creates microwave pulses. What? <laughs> <laughs> Very odd, right? Mm -hmm. But the thing is, even though climate engineering really is a thing that exists, scientists have debunked 
Dutch Sinsis Conspiracy with University of the Philippines scientist and professor Dr. Mahar Lagmay saying that there's no very solid demonstration of its microwave pulse relation with how it generates cyclones. I see. So what he's saying is there's a device that caused the typhoon, right? It's not something that it's staged similar to how the moon landing <laughs> no, conspiracy no. theory. Because we no. don't have Hollywood equipment no, 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 no. To, to fake a typhoon. No, what he's saying is actually Typhoon Yolanda was created, it's not caused by nature, but rather somebody had a machine to create it, which sounds like a plot of a TV show. Yeah, sounds like a Marvel movie. Yeah, it is, right? Anyway, <laughs> this isn't the only Yolanda-related conspiracy, though. Another one is regarding Paul Walker, the actor from... Fast and Furious. Yes, exactly. So according to theorists, his untimely death in November 2013 was no mere accident. Supposedly, a clandestine group deliberately orchestrated Walker's car crash after he discovered a conspiracy to supply Typhoon Yolanda victims with a drug that would permanently sterilize them. What? (laughs) (laughs) And then apparently, after learning that he was about to reveal everything, they rigged his car's brakes to malfunction. Again, another <laughs> movie, right? That must yeah. be. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Which is a plot of. Uh, I think I I cannot specify the movie, but this seems like it's a common theme in a movie, right? Yeah, I, I've watched a lot of detective shows, and definitely that's one of the <laughs> plots in one of the crimes. <laughs> Since you've mentioned flat earthers claiming that the moon landing was a hoax, was faked. Let's talk about flat earth <laughs> as well. <laughs> the conspiracy theory that the earth is not round like a blue marble, but flat like a pancake. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so according to LiveScience.com, flat earthers claim that walking around on the planet's surface looks and feels flat. So they deem all evidence to the contrary, such as satellite photos of earth as a sphere, to be fabrications of a round-earth conspiracy orchestrated by NASA and other <laughs> government agencies. So to them, it's a round-earth conspiracy. <laughs> yeah, actually, right? <laughs> that is the right so, term for it. <laughs> and I was really surprised that actually there's an annual flat-earth conference in the U.S. Uh-huh. Hmm, the most recent of which was attended by more than 600 people. For a moment there, I was afraid you were going to say 600,000, like what? No, but 600 people were able to attend. So that means there's a lot Mm. more. And you can just search YouTube, right? And search Flat Earth. And there are a lot of videos trying to prove that the Earth is really flat. And have they proven it? (laughs) (laughs) Not really. I mean, as early as 3 BC, three years before Christ, the ancient Greeks already figured out that the Earth is round. They've studied the changes of the shadows casted by the sun, proving that, oh, even Ferdinand Magellan, right? He circumnavigated (laughs) the world. That's impossible to do on a flat earth. So I don't know what they're smoking. But I seem to remember reading somewhere that they paid to prove that the world is flat. But in trying to do so, they proved that the world was round instead. (laughs) And then they rejected (laughs) the result for some reason. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Okay, but but what is the Philippine equivalent of that then? 
Uh-huh. It's it's quite hard to look for an equivalent because <laughs> if the Earth is flat, then of course their contention is the Philippines is also flat, right? But there's this conspiracy theory that the United States has a secret underground base in Mindanao. D, you're from Mindanao. Do you know of any secret underground base? I wouldn't know. So we got this from Filipino.net that according to official reports, right, there have been no permanent American military bases in the country since 1992 when the Philippines closed down Subic. But there are some who attest that Americans have maintained a secret massive underground base in Mount Kitanglad in Bukidnon. Ooh. Have you been to Mount Kitanglad? Not Mount Kitanglad. I've been to Bukidnon, but I don't know about that mountain. Probably mm, not. <laughs> because it's it's off limits to civilians like you. That's why. So to keep it secret, they constructed a weather station above the complex in order to dissuade curious hikers and locals from finding out. Okay. <laughs> and the conspiracy theorists have cited some foreign military hardware such as Humvees and choppers adding credence to the idea that the Americans really have a secret base in the area. Mm-hmm. Mm. No, it, it also becomes hard, right? Because if you ask the F- FBI, CIA, NSA, they would say, we will never confirm nor deny the presence <laughs> of a secret base in Mindanao. So it's hard to prove both cases. So I don't know. <laughs> If you're from Mount Kitanglad, Bukidnon, let us know. Do you have any sightings of any foreign military equipment <laughs> that right. would suggest there are American bases in Mount Kitanglad? Yeah, please let us know just in case. Or if you are a uh, you know, CIA that you can actually tell us, <laughs> you can also let us know. <laughs> yes, Thank we you. will redact your name and we will <laughs> change the pitch of your voice so that yes. we can conceal your identity. <laughs> Another popular conspiracy theory is that Princess Diana's death was not an accident, but an assassination by British intelligence agencies. Ordered by the royal family. Just like Paul Walker. So she was supposedly killed because she was pregnant with her boyfriend, Dodi Al-Fayed's child. And because he was Muslim, this was supposedly going to taint the royalty. (laughs) That's what I remember. (laughs) Spicy. (laughs) It turns out that the father of Dodi, so Mohammed Al-Fayed, also held this belief actually, and Ooh. he even spent a lot of money because he's a millionaire to have investigations done to prove that the death is not an accident. So Al-Fayed's claims, though, were examined and dismissed as baseless by a 2006 inquiry. The following year, at Diana's inquest, the coroner stated that the conspiracy theory advanced by Mohammed Al-Fayed has been minutely examined and shown to be without any substance. But I think because he lost his son, so of course, you know, you're grieving. Of course, he cannot bring his son back. So he's just grasping at straws or whatever. Maybe it's being fueled as well by maybe somebody fed that information to him, right? Yeah, maybe he has a smart uncle as well. Yes, drunk. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and told him of the possibility. <laughs> but I think there are like a few spoof videos about, not about the death, but about like how ridiculous this theory is, right? Like if you really want to kill Diana, there are a lot of easier ways to do that. 
So the Philippine equivalent of this conspiracy theory, I think, would be the death of Ninoy Aquino. Ah, yes. But first of all, who is Ninoy Aquino? Just in case our listeners don't know, the Philippine International Airports are named after him. So mm. obviously, he's an important figure. <laughs> <laughs> so during the early 1980s, Ninoy Aquino became one of the most notable critics of the Marcos regime and enjoyed popularity across the U.S. due to the numerous rallies he attended at the time. He has been described as former President Marcos's most famous political prisoner. As the situation in the Philippines worsened, Aquino decided to return to face Marcos and restore democracy in the country, despite numerous threats against it. He was assassinated at the Manila International Airport on August 21, 1983, upon returning from his self-imposed exile. His death revitalized opposition to Marcos. It also catapulted his widow, Corazon, into the political limelight and prompted her to successfully run for a six-year term as president in the 1986 mm. snap election. Now, there are plenty of speculations as to who assassinated Ninoy. The most obvious being that, of course, ex-president Ferdinand Marcos did it, which is why it triggered a series of events that led to EDSA revolution and his ousting in the first place. But for the Marcos supporters, the assassination was a mere ploy of opportunists to kick the dictator out of his throne. Why assassinate Aquino in broad daylight when he could have easily eliminated the senator by affirming the death sentence for rebellion imposed earlier? So, in that case then, who killed Ninoy? Well, according to Ramon Tulfo, in his opinion piece on Inquirer, it's, brace yourself, Ninoy Aquino himself. Whoa. <laughs> Suicide? <laughs> what? <laughs> dun, dun, dun. He didn't shoot himself, obviously, but... He perpetrated his yeah. own murder. And Tulfo said, my police reporter's mind is malicious. Pardon me, but if he knew that the end was near, was it possible he masterminded his own death? There were people in history who masterminded their deaths to make themselves heroes in perpetuity. Cleopatra to end the war between Octavian and Mark Anthony, Socrates to preserve his philosophy. In Ninoy's case, to end the Marcos regime. So that is oh. his conspiracy theory. And to his point, right, I think before Ninoy flew back to the Philippines, he had like a famous video or something in which he was saying that he is expecting that he might get assassinated. So why did he know that? So I guess this is what the theory hinges on. And this actually reminds me of another conspiracy theory that was flying around Zambonga, probably in the early 2000s. It's similar to this in that Ninoy Aquino was actually killed by his own people to also make him a hero. Because like mm. at the time, he was like the most popular figure against Marcos. But then the people are not going to get pushed into actually ousting Marcos into revolution unless the hero is dead. So it's kind of like, you remember the Avengers? Agent Phil died. And when he died, that was when the Avengers were united. So in this scenario, Ninoy is Phil. So he had to I die see. so that the people will, you know... <laughs> Welga, welga. Like, <laughs> like the spark that would light the fire of revolution, similar to how Jose Rizal ignited that yes. same fire in the 1989 revolution. Well, not 1989, 1898. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <It's> like, yes. 
Yes, thank you for correcting before uh, somebody else corrects us. Yes, that's right. Before we continue to the other conspiracy theories, let's take a break to listen to the trailer of a podcast which actually talks about conspiracies as well. Ooh, sounds intriguing. So it's Dark Theory. He's Filipino. The truth, they say, is out there. Trouble is, the truth sometimes can be bland and uninteresting. Subscribe to Dark Theory. Dark Theory is a self-produced Philippine podcast that takes you down a rabbit hole of mystery, conspiracy, and dark, twisted tales that blur the boundaries of what you know to be real. Subscribe to A Little Darkness. Listen to Dark Theory, available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor. We make the truth a tad bit more delightful, all with a pinch of darkness. This is Dark Theory. So the next conspiracy theory that we are going to talk about is the 9-11 terrorist attack in the U.S. So there's a conspiracy theory that the U.S. government under President Bush was involved in orchestrating the terrorist attacks led by Osama bin Laden and his gang of terrorists. So there was a question, did top Bush advisors, including Paul Wolfowitz and Donald Rumsfeld, collaborate with bin Laden or intentionally allow the attacks to happen? Put on another way. Was it an inside job? Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) Yeah. Was it? (laughs) So a lot of conspiracy theorists believe so and and point to a catalog of supposed inconsistencies in the official version of the attacks. So there's a lot of YouTube videos trying to say that, oh, the science here does not add up. Why is there an extra explosion after the plane hit the first tower? Something like that. So there Ah. were a lot of conspiracy theories trying to dig deeper like this couldn't have happened if a plane hit the tower why Ah. is there so much explosions like really you know how much explosion (laughs) there would be have you tried it have you tested it somewhere else (laughs) maybe you are a terrorist no how come come yeah very suspicious Hmm. Uh, but obviously many of these technical conspiracy claims have been debunked by Popular Mechanics magazine and several media outlets. While others are refuted by simple logic, if a hijacked airplane did not crash into the Pentagon, then what happened to the Flight 77, right? Like if it was faked, mm-hmm. like what happened to the fa- passengers of the missing flight or the <laughs> flight yeah. that's, that crashed? Oh, obviously, it was real. Yeah. The strange thing is a lot of conspiracy theories confuse bureaucratic incompetencies with conspiracy. They couldn't believe that the U.S. security is flawed. How come the terrorists were able to penetrate, right? So they really think that, oh, U.S. government is so strong. Our security is flawless. That's why they must be in on it for it to happen. Something (laughs) like that. Which is not true, right? That's why there's a lot of improvements in the airport security in the U.S. Because if you compare airports in the U.S. with, say, Singapore and uh, South Korea, 
there is a very big gap yeah. <laughs> when it comes to modernization. Obviously, after the terrorist attack, there's a lot of improvements being done towards how security checks are done in major airports and in seaports as well. I was trying to think of an equivalent to the Philippines. Obviously, we don't have a 9-11 terrorist attack, but we did have a siege in Zamboanga. Do you remember in 2013? Of course. I think you mentioned this in our earlier episodes. Now, there's a conspiracy theory that that siege in Zamboanga was actually orchestrated by the government as well. The masterminds behind PDAF. Do you remember PDAF, the Priority Development Assistance Fund? I think so. Is that the pork barrel? Exactly, yeah. So the, the Congress members behind the pork barrel scam allegedly were the ones funding the MNLF or the Moral National Liberation Front. So for the sake of clarity, this happened on September of 2013. So residents of Zamboanga experienced the misfortune of having their city become the battleground between government forces and the elements of MNLF who wanted to proclaim their Bangsamoro Republic. Yeah, so I guess September is like um, the month for terrorism, it turns out. 9-11 hours is 9-9. Okay. September 9. And one incident also kind of made it somehow more real because mm. one senator, Senator Miriam Defensor Santiago herself, accused her fellow Senator Juan Ponce Enrile as the brains behind the operation. He denied, but we, a fellow senator is accusing another senator of perpetrating. Maybe there's a grain of truth in there. Who knows? We don't know. Actually, I, I do vaguely remember this, that at the time that this happened, this was the time that the pork barrel thing, it, there was a scandal about it. Mm-hmm. And they were saying that the whoever's paid the MNLF, they were trying to divert the attention away from the scandal into this terrorism that was happening in Sambuanga. And actually, it had an impact on Sambuanga people who were really pissed off when that happened because they felt like, okay, so people in Manila again... We tackled this before, right? The Mindanao and the Visayas people think that Manila people are just so full of themselves. They don't really care about what's happening in Mindanao and Visayas. This this was a major thing. The terrorism thing went on for weeks. But then the Manila people were like saying, oh, this is just a diversionary tactic. Like what? <laughs> so we're not really going to care about this. So that's why for a lot of Sambuanga people during the time, we were really annoyed that this came out. It's like you are invalidating what is happening in Sambuanga because you think it's fake. But there were really people who died. I just suddenly remembered that. You know, this was just in the past decade. So <laughs> it was quite, quite fresh, actually. Yeah. If there's something that would remind you, all of those memories come flashing back, right? Yes, yes, exactly. My next famous conspiracy theory is one that I read in a book when I was in my teens. And mm. that is Elvis Presley's death was a hoax. What? <laughs> <laughs> now, Elvis Presley is the legendary singer and movie star who became known as the king of rock and roll. He died of heart failure on August 16, 1977, which stunned the music industry and devastated millions of fans worldwide. In the days following his funeral, speculation grew among a small group of skeptics that Elvis might not have died after all. (laughs) Despite clear statements from doctors and a coroner that the 42-year-old superstar was dead, disbelievers were adamant that the gyrating beloved baritone had faked his own death to go into hiding. 
For years afterward, people would be reporting Elvis Presley sightings, which supposedly supports this claim. I don't know. I guess what happened was people just couldn't let go of the yeah. fact that this beloved person is really gone. So maybe that's why that's their way. Denial. Of, yeah, I would think they're, so. They're hurt inside and they want to protect themselves. And that's why they don't want to believe that Elvis is gone. Yes. And maybe those sightings, maybe those are cosplayers, no? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> people trying to imitate <laughs> the king of rock and roll. Because there were so many impersonators, right? Even mm. now, there are a lot of impersonators because he's really that popular. So I think those sightings are him. And are not him, I mean, sorry. I'm not a believer. Suddenly, I'm a believer. <laughs> I wasn't even alive when that happened. So don't worry, guys. I'm not a believer that he's still alive. But um, yeah, so it's probably not him. So in the Philippines, we also have a dead famous person is not really dead theory. Mm. So it is said that former President Ferdinand Marcos is still alive and has had plastic surgery. (laughs) 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 So an email that went around claims that he was seen attending a wedding with a signature matching the former president's. A rumor also started spreading when people noticed that his embalmed body, which was displayed in a refrigerated crypt in Ilocos Norte prior to his burial in Libingan ng Mga Bayani, looks more wax than human. However, Frank Malabed, the mortician who embalmed the former president in Hawaii, insists that the body in Ilocos Norte is really Marcos. So there's that. I actually saw that body, by the way, in, in Ilocos Norte years ago. I don't really know if it looked waxy. All I know is it felt really creepy <laughs> while in there because I, I, have, I, I have a fear of dead bodies, I guess. Wait, how many years did it stay above ground? Yeah, that's the weird part, right? I, yeah. I, I don't know. That time when I went was like 2007 or something like that. Wow, that's decades. Yeah, that's decades. That's actually amazing that it got preserved that long. And maybe that's why people are suspicious, right? Because that's not something that you commonly see. But that place though, um, well, first of all, it was really cold. It's like if you go inside, it's like you're walking into a freezer or a refrigerator. So it's really cold. That sounds like a good uh, advertisement or promotion for the brand of the refrigeration system that they've <laughs> used. Did you happen to check? Of course not. Of? I, I don't. Okay. I, just, I, I just remember that when I went in and I looked and like, oh, this is creepy. And then it's probably just psychological because obviously there's a dead But I felt like there was like something crawling on my skin, you know. But I think it was just in imagi- my imagination. Because this is Ilocos, right? Their former house or something like that was also there. This mansion. Mm. So we went to look at that mansion. And then while we were there, I I saw a man who kind of looked like him. So I was so freaked <laughs> out again. <laughs> like, oh my God, why is he here? He is alive. <laughs> Probably that guy is the reason why there's a conspiracy. Yeah. You should have scolded him. Like, why are you here trying to look like the, the late president <laughs> lurking around. Like, exactly. Stop doing that. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I think that is the reason why the conspiracy theory exists. And then the next conspiracy theory is the unsolved mystery of D.B. Cooper. Do you know who D.B. Cooper is, D? Yeah, isn't he the guy who tried to hijack an airplane? Or he didn't try. He actually hijacked an airplane, right? Ah, Yes. I got the story from FBI.gov, so it's an official story from the FBI. So on the afternoon of November 24, 1971, a nondescript man calling himself Dan Cooper 
approached the counter of Northwest Orient Airlines in Portland, Oregon. He used cash to buy one-way ticket flight 305 bound for Seattle, Washington. Cooper was a quiet man who appeared to be in his mid-40s wearing business suit with a black tie and white shirt. He ordered a drink, bourbon and soda, while the flight was waiting to take off. A short time after 3 p.m., he handed the stewardess a note indicating that he had a bomb in his briefcase and wanted her to sit in with him. The stunned stewardess <gasps> did as she was told. Opening a, a cheap attache case, Cooper showed her a glimpse of a mass of wires and red-colored sticks and demanded that she write down what he told her. Soon, she was walking you know, with a new note to the captain of the plane and demanded four parachutes and $200,000 in $20 bills. Whoa. So this was in 1970. So $200,000 is already a significant sum of money back then. So when the flight landed in Seattle, the hijacker exchanged the flight's 36 passengers for the money and the parachute. So there was like a negotiation and exchange. Oh, okay. So in exchange of the ransom money, he freed the 36 passengers now. Cooper kept several crew members and the plane took off again, ordered to set course for Mexico City. Somewhere between Seattle and Reno, a little after 8 p.m., the hijacker did the incredible. He jumped out of the back of the plane with a parachute at the ransom money. Mm. Pilots landed safely, but Cooper had disappeared into the night, and his ultimate fate remains a mystery to this day. Oh, yes. Did he survive? How did he spend the $200,000? Who knows? Yeah, and who was he, right? I who think was that, he, exactly. That yeah. is actually so, one of the biggest conspiracies, right? Hmm. There's, it's still an unsolved mystery, and that's why a lot of TV shows actually copied this plot mm-hmm. and you know told their own version of the story. So one of the prisoners in the popular Prison Break series claimed to be D.B. Cooper and told his version of the story. And there was also an episode in a TV show uh, called Leverage. Ah. But more recently, a show entitled Loki. Yes. <laughs> by Marvel Studios, available <laughs> in Disney+, Plus exclusively in Disney+, Plus, also tells a unique version of this mystery. So I absolutely love that story. And if mm. you haven't watched it, I highly recommend. You have watched D, right? Yeah, I love it so much. So I think, guys, you should watch it. So now, the Philippine equivalent to D.B. Cooper is another unsolved mystery, and that is the, the serial killer, Jack the Ripper. Ooh. The identity is still unknown, right? Yes. And one conspiracy theory, theory says Jack the Ripper is actually Serisal, <laughs> our <laughs> national hero. <laughs> Notice the, the acronym, Jose Rizal, Jack the Ripper. JR. Oh my God. That totally <laughs> proves it. Oh my God. <laughs> so, according to some of the conspiracy theories, the serial killer Jack the Ripper was active in Whitechapel, District of London, in 1888. Mm-hmm. His victims were typically female prostitutes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Jose Rizal likes the women, right? Yeah. He has a lot of girlfriends, and so he is suspicious. And the, the victims were dismembered with surgical precision. And Rizal was a surgeon. Okay. He technically can do it, right? Mm-hmm. And the cuts were too clean. So as if it was done really by a professional. And also, Jack the Ripper prompted investigators to assume that whoever the Ripper was, he knew how to handle surgical tools and a background in human anatomy. You see? Rizal is known to be a savant okay. <laughs> in the human anatomy. 
And lastly, the killings happened at the same time when Rizal supposedly in London. And the killing stopped when he left as well. Oh my God. So there really is like a timing aspect of it and then the skills required to perform the killings kind of fit to the uh, repertoire of Jose Rizal. Maybe. Are we sure it's not Loki again? <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, was, it was somehow disproved. You know, Whitechapel in London was notorious already with, you know, a lot of killings. And that's why even before Rizal landed in London, it was already like a dangerous place to be. So it couldn't have been Rizal. And then several investigations of the murders as well have a lot of uh, evidences that it could have been done by different people. Maybe it, it wasn't done by a single person. So, oh. Or maybe Jose Rizal had, had help with his La Liga Filipina. Oh, no, that's okay. a totally... <laughs> But we don't know. Nobody can disprove nor prove whether J.R. Jose Rizal was in fact J.R. Jack the Reaper. But that's actually not the only conspiracy theory around Jose Rizal. So another one is that apparently he fathered Adolf Hitler. What? (laughs) (laughs) So if you read up on Rizal, then you know that he went to Germany and Austria several times. The theory says it was during one of these visits that he fathered a child with an Austrian prostitute that he grew up to become Adolf Hitler. A diary entry by Dr. Maximo Viola backs up the one-night stand but says nothing about a child. And then there's another one that he fathered Mao Zedong. What? (laughs) So results reported escapades and its alleged products don't stop there. A theory insists that Rizal fathered Mao Zedong all the way in China while he was imprisoned in the Pitan. <laughs> okay, so this what? is in all the water. <laughs> How is that physically <laughs> Yeah, so it's possible? a stretch, especially since Rizal was last in the area after visiting Hong Kong two years before Mao Zedong was born. Well, there's another Rizal conspiracy theory. Oh, again? That, that would somehow disprove the, the two previous conspiracy theory. He couldn't have fathered Hitler nor Mao Zedong because according to some conspiracy theorists, Jose Rizal is gay. <laughs> Why? <laughs> What's in this is conspiracy theory? <laughs> so according to the theory, Rizal's purported homosexuality was the reason he never fathered a child. Historians argue that Josephine Bracken had a miscarriage. But the theory clears that up by saying that that was due to her being raped by her father, uh, not the child of Rizal. Uh-huh. So now, where where is this all coming from? Now, the basis of the rumor is reportedly coming from an entry from Rizal's diary oh. where he wrote, I am gay. <gasps> so he admits it? <laughs> it's pretty straightforward. Right? But not quite. Rizal was using the word in its primary meaning. Uh-huh. Joyful, carefree. This was from EsquireMag.ph. We're going to link all our sources for everything that we said in our notes. So please just look at that. So to close this episode, since we've talked a lot about conspiracy theories, of course there's a lot more, but we should learn professional skepticism. And take everything with a grain of salt. Don't believe anything that you read online or wherever it is, right? Mm -hmm. So while believing some conspiracy theories is harmless enough, others are 
pretty harmful. For example, there were a lot of COVID-related conspiracy theories uh, these past months. Yeah. Some people refuse to believe that COVID is real, that apparently it's just something that government made up to control the masses or by health sector in order to get money. That yeah. is just sad. Some also refuse to get vaccinated because there is supposedly a hidden microchip in it that allows, for some reason, Bill Gates or the government to control you. Believing in this is actually harmful because it contributes to even more cases of COVID, right? The less people are vaccinated, the more it just goes around. So one of the most ridiculous conspiracies about the vaccine that I read was that supposedly the chip in the vaccine will activate on a certain date in August and then all of the vaccinated will then kill each other. So let's be careful, Ray. We're both fully vaccinated. We might yeah. kill each but other. I didn't, I didn't notice any chip. It was just... <laughs> <laughs> exactly, right? How, how can a chip even be in there in the first place? But when I read that, I thought like, isn't that the plot of a movie again? It, actually, I, I can remember the specific movie for this though. It's Kingsman, The Secret Service. Oh, yeah. <laughs> People are so funny. They're just taking plots from movies and then inserting them into real life or believing that this can happen in real life. I think this is side effect of watching too much Netflix. But actually, there's another conspiracy theory, right? Which is the conspiracy that the reason why they make up some conspiracy theories that are obviously very ridiculous is so that you are not going to believe the other conspiracy theories which are actually real. <laughs> what? what? So now we really are getting confused which ones are real, which ones are not. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Well played, yeah. well played. Well, to, to end this episode, we would like to ask, what are other conspiracy theories you've heard? Please share them with us. Send them to bananaqpodcast@gmail.com or our Facebook and Instagram account at bananaqpodcast. Yes, please do. And the best ones will be featured in a future episode's Cutie Minute segment. Speaking of which... Cutie Minute. Time for our followers. Cutie Minute. Your thoughts in our voice. Cutie Minute. Not really one minute, but we're calling it... Cutie Minute. Okay, our first cutie is our usual cutie, Eruragia, in response to episode 45. What should you not do if you win the lottery? And she says, first, I will hire a lawyer specialized in this sort of things to help me. Hide my identity when I claim my prize because I think I cannot make an alibi if they will publicly see my winning. As most of my co-workers also bet on the lottery, so for sure, they will see my face in the lottery ticket center if I will not be <laughs> anonymous. <laughs> yeah, that will be hard unless you wear a mask, right? Yes, exactly. Or, as, as what she said, being a smart lady as she is, hire an agent. In her case, hire a lawyer to represent you. You're winning so that your identity is fully concealed. And actually, there's a Reddit thread that kind of gives brilliant suggestions as well. Like, once you win the lottery, and number one is immediately or retain an attorney. And not just any attorney. It says that get a partner from a larger national firm, not just anybody. It's very specific. Don't let them pawn off junior partners or associates <laughs> on you. Yes. So essentially, the bottom line is find somebody who will be objective, right? Somebody who's not connected with you, somebody who doesn't have an incentive in trying to persuade you into doing something. So try to look for that independent person and, and mm. you think, a lawyer in his capacity as an uh, as your agent will be that person and of course 
lawyers as well are skillful enough in you know creating legal documents or maybe setting up corporations or legal entities for your purposes or trusts right yeah trust funds so so yeah definitely get a lawyer but not just any lawyer get a partner that is independent <laughs> get the <laughs> not best your neighbor person basically right yeah so she's right that is actually a number one tip on reddit brilliant and our second cutie is also commenting on the same episode and this one is monica mm, your wife, wife. <laughs> <laughs> so she said if i win the lottery i would still want to work not because I want more money, but because I still need to pass the time. Ha ha ha, Charlotte. Okay. <laughs> and then she said, Yung sa cutie minute di na nagmention si Katkat about foreigners reacting to anything Filipino, it's called Filipino baiting. It's now a thing on YouTube. So I thought this comment, right, is very timely because there's actually a conspiracy that just happened recently. And there's an article on Inquire.net that explains this well, so I'll just read from that. So the title is Pinoy Baiting Should Seriously Stop, like right now. So it says, Cultural exploitation and Pinoy baiting seems to be a novel and fresh new way of tackling modern-day colonization. Case in point, NAS Daily's most recent controversy about NAS Academy's course on Wang Od and the art of ancient tattooing. Here's a short background on the issue. In a now-deleted post on Facebook that was posted on August 4, 2021, Apo Wang Od's grandniece, Rasha Palikas, warned that NAS Academy's course on ancient tattooing wasn't real and is a scam, saying that her grandmother did not sign any contract with NAS Daily and his team to do such thing. She also added that their village was concerned with some people profiting and exploiting their culture and urged others to help stop the disrespect being done to the legacy of Apo Wang Od and the Butbot Bot tribe. Filipinos online were shocked and rallied behind Palikas asking Nas Daily to explain himself, to take down the course on ancient tattooing, and to call him out on his blatant Pinoy baiting. As of writing, the said course has been taken down from their site although temporarily. Now, what's most surprising and eye-opening about the whole issue is Luis Mabulo's first-hand account of she and her family's experience with a Palestinian-Israeli vlogger. In her long Facebook post, one of the things she said was, he said no one wants to hear about farmers or farms. It's not clickable, viewable content. He didn't care about making change or shedding light on real issues. He only wanted content. A good, easy story to tell that would get him more Filipino views. He even joked at the start of the day that all he needed was to put Philippines in the title and he'd rack in millions of views and the comments would come flooding with brainless Pinoy pride comments. Nas Daily is a prominent example of foreign content creators using Filipino culture, tradition, or anything mundanely Pinoy as a way to gain popularity and views on their content. Your exaggerated and over-amplified reactions to anything about our country brings in a lot of engagement from Filipinos who consume these kinds of content thinking that these foreigners are actually interested in the culture. Well, sadly, these foreign content creators aren't the least bit interested in our culture and are only in it for the giggles and the numerous Pinoy pride comments they receive. They continue to bank on our craving for foreign validation as a no-fail marketing strategy and even have the audacity to exploit the culture that's supposed to be ours to consume. So that's the end of my quote from the article. So yeah, what do you think about this? That's terrible. 
I would think that it's true that there are a lot of Filipino baiters on YouTube. It's not just YouTubers, even movies, right? I recently watched Falcon and the Winter Soldier. What happened there? There was a, I would say, U, equivalent to UN, like United Nations, so a group of officials around the world, and there was a Filipina <laughs> senator. So it's like highlighting, or giving comments. It's like, oh, Filipino baiting again. But why is it though that Filipinos are being targeted specifically? Is it because it's only Filipinos who do this? I guess so, right? I mean, we really like getting validation from white people specifically for some reason. The need for validation and of course, I, I would say we are consumers. Well, whatever it is, if it's a video, then of course we, we watch these videos, we share them with our friends. So it's kind of an easy ticket. And I think we're very vocal as well. Like, I mean, we are very loyal and supportive to people who mention us. Yeah. I don't think that Singaporeans, for example, I don't think we witness them like doing that. Like if they yeah. see a Singaporean, oh, Singapore pride. I don't think that was a thing. So I, I guess it's really a Filipino thing that people are capitalizing on because they've noticed it. Like a lot of them before COVID, right? They would fly to the Philippines and travel there and that's how they start their vlog because they know that is a sure way to get a lot of views and subscribers right and after that they can leave and then they would have a fan base basically exactly and so i guess we shouldn't really be following these people i actually have never been a fan of those as well i've watched jollibee ads right usually every valentine's their ads are really touching so i watch those and then in my feed there will be a lot of suggestions you know this foreigner reacting to the Jollibee ad like I'm saying why why are there so many of these so very weird <laughs> <laughs> how can there be so many different reactions to one same advertisement yes yeah. and now I understand why it's because there are a lot of views yeah so we shouldn't do that anymore guys we have a lot of Filipinos who are very creative and they have a lot of great content right so please support them instead okay not just YouTubers, but also podcasters. Of course, especially, <laughs> especially <laughs> podcasters. <laughs> we said. Okay, I think let's end this year before we yes. end up saying a lot more crazy things. And thank you very much for thank listening you. to us. And that's it. Bye-bye.